Welcome, I'm Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. Congress last considered a federal marriage amendment two years ago, but after several congressional hearings and much media attention, the amendment failed to pass. On June 6th, the Senate will once again vote on a constitutional amendment defining marriage. Why has this again become an issue? Dale Carpenter, associate professor of law at the University of Minnesota and author of the Cato study, The Federal Marriage Amendment, Unnecessary, Anti-Federalist, and Anti-Democratic, explains. I think there is no doubt that the timing of this vote is clearly to coincide with the fact that we have a national election this year and that a vote on an amendment appeals both to the base of the Republican Party that is religiously conservative and opposes gay marriage and appeals to some Democratic voters who are socially conservative that the president wants to appeal to and the Republicans in Congress want to appeal to but who are not otherwise very sympathetic to uh, the Republican agenda. It is no accident that we last voted on this issue in the Congress in 2004, which was another national election year. We're doing so again this year. And my guess is that this issue is going to come up in one way or another once again in 2008 when we have our next national election. The interesting question is, aside from the pure political motivation here, there really have not been very many developments on the marriage front that justify an amendment any more than an amendment would have been justified two years ago. And in fact, while there were a number of developments prior to 2004 that could have been cited as a reason to have an amendment, uh, we've had no further dramatic judicial decisions enforcing gay marriage anywhere in the country. And in fact, if anything, the hydraulic pressure for this amendment has been alleviated by the fact that 18 states have passed constitutional amendments in their own states banning gay marriages. So there's even less reason for an amendment now than there was two years ago when it was last defeated. So we can't ever expect for this issue to just be settled, can we? I think we are in for a decades-long debate in this country over the recognition of same-sex relationships, and that is going to take a number of forms. It's going to occur in a number of forums. Uh, judicial forums, political forums, uh, in uh, talk radio and television and various media. Uh, we're in for a very long debate in this country. Can the language of the amendment as is be changed in such a way as to protect federalism? I really don't think so. This amendment is so flawed in so many ways. First of all, you have to establish the case that we need any amendment on this issue whatsoever. And I think the answer to that is that we don't, that this issue can proceed in the states and will largely proceed democratically, and that the states will come to a variety of conclusions about that. Some of them will recognize same-sex marriages, others will not, and that they ought to be allowed to go their own way on this issue without having one single national policy resolution imposed on them through either the Supreme Court or through this heavy machinery of a constitutional amendment. If you were really concerned that judges might violate principles of federalism by forcing gay marriage on all of the states, regardless of what they want to do, you would draft an amendment that would be much narrower than this amendment, and it would deal only with the narrow question of what judges can say, what jurisdiction judges have over this issue. That is not this amendment. That is not the amendment that's been written. It goes well beyond 
preventing any judge from imposing gay marriage on the country. It prevents state legislatures, the people themselves acting through their representatives, from experimenting with policies that involve the recognition of same-sex relationships. What are some of the legislative safeguards in place currently, and how effective are they? Well, 45 states have, through one mechanism or another, passed statutes or state constitutional amendments that bar the recognition of same-sex marriages in their jurisdictions and have barred the recognition of same-sex marriages coming from outside of the state, from, say, other states that do recognize them. Of those 45 states, 19 states have passed state constitutional amendments that deal in some way with the gay marriage issue. 18 of them have directly barred the recognition of same-sex marriages, and more of them are considering such state constitutional amendments in the future. Those uh, state marriage laws and state DOMA laws stand as good law. Uh, They are certainly subject to challenge in the courts, and in some places some of those challenges might be successful. But my guess is that for quite some time to come, those challenges will not be successful, that state court judges, 87% of whom are subject to some form of election, will be quite sensitive to the political realities involved in trying to order a state against its will to recognize same-sex marriages. So you have that going on at the state level. At the federal level, you have the Federal Defense of Marriage Act, which was passed by Congress in 1996, that does two things. It bars federal recognition of any state same-sex marriage. And second, it ensures that states do not, under the Full Faith and Credit Clause, have to recognize same-sex marriages from outside of their state. So it prevents these marriages from being transported from one state to another against a state's will. No court has declared the Defense of Marriage Act unconstitutional. It is still good law in the United States. And so there's a question, why do we need to add a second and third barrier on top of an existing barrier? The only federal court to look at the issue so far has said the Defense of Marriage Act is constitutional. Now, again, hypothetically, at some future date, you might have a court that would say parts of the Defense of Marriage Act are unconstitutional. But that hasn't happened. And do we really want to go about amending the Constitution every time we fear that some judge might in the future somewhere make a decision that we don't like. If we do that, we're going to have a whole lot of amendments to the Constitution, and it's going to start to look more like a tax code than a Constitution. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.